I'm Megan Cornier, and this is the Women Who Know podcast. You're listening to Episode 2, Becoming Childlike. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cornier, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is all about uplifting women and mothers by sharing messages of faith, love, hope, and some random things in between. Women who know who they are and what their purpose is as daughters of Heavenly Parents are women who change the world for the better. Join me for a few minutes of peace in the chaos of life as we learn together how to become women who know. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) I still have not figured out how to not feel awkward saying hello or welcome to the podcast. So um, maybe I'll just go with uh, hello there, (laughs) be Obi-Wan. Um, anyways, I hope you guys all had a great week. My week has been full of planning for our homeschool curriculum this year, and I realized I didn't mention on here that I homeschool my kids. I switched them over to homeschool back in the early spring of this year, and it is incredibly challenging for me. It is definitely a growth experience for me, but I'm excited for a new school year. Um, so obviously I've been thinking about kids a lot while doing this homeschool planning (laughs) and children are just so amazing. So today I want to talk all about them. Um, sister Jean A. Stevens, who is a former first counselor in the primary general presidency, once said, our father in heaven in his great wisdom and love sends his spirit sons and daughters to earth as children. They come to families as precious gifts with a divine nature and destiny. Our Heavenly Father knows children are a key to helping us become like Him. There is so much we can learn from children. Close quote. I love learning from my kids and I want to take the time to do that more often. So I decided why not do a podcast about it and talk about how we can become more childlike. So to start off, let's turn to the New Testament in the book of Matthew. The Savior is on the earth and is asked by his disciples, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And do you know what Jesus did? You probably do. He called a little child unto him, and he put this child in the middle of all these people who were listening to his sermon. Jesus answered his disciples, saying, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That is so amazing to me. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are children and those who become like children. And we can learn so much from these kids. Okay, to go on a bit of a side tangent, I wanted to mention that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I always thought it was interesting to have these two contradicting ideas, like become like a child, but put away childish things. Childish things are not the same as the childlike characteristics that God wants us to have. I think childish things that we are to put away are things like only thinking of ourselves 
depending on our parents for everything rather than becoming independent, not taking responsibility for ourselves, our actions, and our feelings, and like thinking the world kind of revolves around you, right? So these things are normal and age-appropriate for childhood because kids aren't capable of not being this way, right? When we become adults, though, we are capable and we don't have the excuse of childhood anymore. So I've come up with a list of five reasons why God would want us to be childlike and why we would benefit from becoming more childlike. Now, I realize that not all kids are like this and there are always exceptions, but I think on average these qualities are seen in children to at least varying degrees. So let's get started. Number one is children are willing to forgive and they forgive quickly. For those of you who have kids or have been around kids or work with kids or have been a kid, (laughs) that should cover about everyone, um, then you know that children are so forgiving. There are times when I lose my temper at one or many of my children and they often forgive me before I even apologize. In Doctrine and Covenants 64 verses 9 and 10, the Lord says, Wherefore I say unto you that ye ought to forgive one another, for he that forgiveth not his brother his trespasses stands condemned before the Lord, for there remaineth in him the greater sin. I the Lord will forgive whom I will forgive, but of you it is required to forgive all men. Close quote. So the Lord doesn't put limits on this and says that whatever trespasses our brothers or sisters have done, we have sinned greater if we do not forgive them. It is required for us to forgive all men and women, and children are so good at doing just that. So what is forgiveness exactly? One definition that I like is forgiveness is a response to being wronged that entails a change in which justified anger and resentment are freely given up. My children's anger is totally justified when I lose my temper at them, and yet they freely give those feelings up. Children are amazing and so, so forgiving, and we can truly learn from that example. Okay, let's talk about another childlike characteristic. I love watching children learn new skills. I love cheering them on and watching them become a little more independent. I love watching their faces when they take their first steps and then look right at you to see what you think. And when they see how excited you are, they realize how excited they are and their faces light up too. But before they take those first steps and reach that excitement, what do they do? They fall literally over and over and over every day. Some falls are worse than others. Some falls hurt more than others. But no matter how many times they fall, those little babies just keep on trying until they can take a few steps. Then as they keep practicing those few steps, they keep falling and they keep falling and then they're able to walk regularly and then run, then jump, then all sorts of things. But throughout every single skill that kids learn, they are falling over and over again, and they never give up, ever. (laughs) Because we all figure all those things out, right? So my number two is that children are willing to fail or be bad at things over and over, and they still don't give up. 
Isn't it amazing? How many times as an adult have you given up because something got hard or because you failed? How many times did you not even try in the first place because your brain told you it was going to be hard? I have done that so many times. It's like embarrassing how many times I've done that. And somewhere along the way, we lose that determination that we had as kids. Sometimes it's because we don't want to experience the emotions that come along with failure. Actually, I think that's probably most of the reason why we give up, is that feeling failure and all the emotions that tend to come with failure is so uncomfortable. (laughs) But one of my favorite things that I have learned from Jodi Moore who is an amazing life coach and has the best podcast and book ever that are both called Better Than Happy. So you should go check those out. Um, So what I learned from her is that we need to learn to feel our feelings, even the uncomfortable and negative ones. The more we avoid those feelings, the more anxiety we develop about emotions We need to be really good at feeling our feelings and we need to be really good at feeling negative emotions. Do you know who is amazing at feeling their feelings? You probably guessed it. It's kids. All those tantrums and meltdowns, all those screams of excitement and joy or fear or anger. Children are willing to feel any and all feelings So they are willing to try anything and keep on trying. They aren't afraid of feeling disappointment or sadness or fear or anger. They aren't aren't afraid to feel happy or excited or elated and they don't get in their own way of those feelings. They feel all of them and they are good at it. So let's be like kids. Let's be willing to feel any emotion, including disappointment and failure. And let's keep trying anyways, because if we are willing to feel any emotion, then we are willing to try anything. Don't give up just because there are difficult feelings involved. You can do this because the kids in your life can teach you how. Okay, number three is that children don't care what other people think. They don't care about looking dumb or silly. This is such a big one for me, you guys. I am a recovering people pleaser. And my recovery is taking a really long time. Um, It's taking me forever to stop worrying about what people think of me. But I watch my kids and I love that they do not care what anybody thinks. They know what other people think is none of their business. They stay in their own business and they're busy doing what kids do. And we can do the same thing. Even when my seven and eight year old kids get embarrassed sometimes, They don't ruminate in it and run it over and over in their heads, wondering what they could have done or said differently. They don't put a hold on everyone, on everything else in their life because they're worried about what their friends think. They just move on and they keep being their awesome little selves and I just love it. I wish I could do that as easily as they can. So as I mentioned just a minute ago, I have been a people pleaser for a long time, pretty much my whole life. And several years ago, I read 2 Nephi chapter 4, verses, verse 34, which is in the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, and it hit me in a way that it hadn't ever before. 
Um, Nephi says, O Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh, for I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. When I read it that time around, I felt like the Lord was telling me that the only opinion of me that matters is his. I can trust his opinion of me. It's perfect because he knows me perfectly. I can't trust the opinions and judgments of other people because they don't know me perfectly, not nearly as well as my Heavenly Father does. And when I put stock into other people's opinions of me, I am actually putting trust in them that belongs to God. I don't know if this is making sense to any of you, but I hope it does. Um, The Lord looketh on the heart. He knows our hearts and our minds and our thoughts. He knows everything about us, and we can ask him in prayer to know what he thinks of us. I promise it's good. So, concluding my third point, be unapologetically yourself like kids are. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks of you except for God. His is the only opinion that is complete and perfect, and not coincidentally, his opinion is the most kind and loving and non-judgmental. Trust in him and his love for you, just like little kids do. Okay, number four is that children are full of faith and enthusiasm. Have you ever thought about how much faith and trust it takes to be a young kid? Think about it. Kids are constantly told what to do and what not to do all day and all night. They don't know all the consequences of life's choices, but they are supposed to trust what their parents tell them. Kids are told to go to sleep in their own beds, for example, away from their parents, and then they wake up trusting that you're there. When you take your kids to the dentist or doctor for a visit, those kids trust you and trust that you're taking them somewhere safe. This is an amazing quality that children come with, and it is a heavy and important responsibility for parents to care for that faith and trust. We have been entrusted with these little humans who put all their trust in us. I am in awe of the sacred responsibility that adults have with the children in their lives, and I am devastated at the amount of adults in the world who break that trust with their children. It is a precious and fragile gift that we hold in our hands. Not just parents, but any adults who have children in their lives, which I think is most people. Don't break that trust. Don't shatter their faith in you. In Matthew 18, we read, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. God clearly takes it very seriously when one of his little ones is hurt by adults who know better. Please, please treat children with the same love and kindness that you wish to be treated with. We are their example of what their heavenly parents are for them. We are the beginnings of their faith and trust in God. We are the way that they gain faith and trust in heavenly parents. Okay, so that was a bit of a tangent, but I felt like I needed to share it. So as well as faith, children are also full of enthusiasm. Everything is so exciting to them, right? Toddlers and young children especially. 
They are just so excited about life and all the little things and doing what their parents or any other adult does. They just want to be involved. And I love this about kids. And I think adults would do well to follow their example. Have faith in God and in goodness and in life and in yourself. Trust that God has a plan for you and that even if it doesn't go the way you want it to, it will go even better. Trust that your heavenly parents are taking you to wonderful, amazing, and safe places. Trust that they are helping you grow and become your best self. Find the good in each day and in each little thing, even the monotonous things. We will find so much more joy and fulfillment in life if we can follow the incredible example of children in this way. Elder James M. Paramore is a former member of the Quorum of the Seventy, And in 1983, he gave a talk at BYU that is called Become as a Little Child. In it, he said, children are are almost perpetually in motion. But in this, we learn some valuable lessons. They seek new experiences. They have no pretense or scorn or condescension or pride. They are natural and warm and outgoing. They are excited about the smallest things and as such captivate our attention. They experience each day with newness, not building upon the difficulties of the previous day. They don't even remember them. They teach us that spontaneity and excitement for life are essential to happiness and self-fulfillment and really come from a loving God. Yes, they are the stick that keeps things stirred up. They are anxiously engaged and enthusiastic. There is a total extension of themselves into all the dimensions of their lives. Each day is a wonderful, new, expanding experience, unencumbered by the previous day's issues or troubles. Those troubles are forgotten, and new opportunities and joy are living and living are again theirs. The vitality of their lives in these things is a wonder to behold. If we can retain this great power, how blessed will be the days of our lives and all those who are around us. Close quote. Isn't that an amazing description of children? I just think it's so amazing that he said kids wake up without the heaviness of the previous day. They don't wake up thinking, oh my gosh, another day, here we go. (laughs) Like... I know that I do that a lot, but it's amazing that kids don't do that. They look at each day as a new opportunity, as a fresh start. Can you imagine what would happen if we as adults decided to think this way about children every day rather than think of these qualities as tiresome or annoying? And if we as adults decided to feel the same way about life as children do and have the same enthusiasm, the world would be such a better place, don't you think? Okay, switching gears, do any of you follow the Johnson Files on Instagram? (laughs) They're a hilarious couple, and they post a lot of comedic videos on Instagram and YouTube and probably other places, I don't know. But they have a series of sketches, and they came out with a music video a few months ago, and it's all about when kids say, Mom, watch this. (laughs) My kids love saying that constantly. I don't know about yours or the kids in your life, Um, but these videos about it are hilarious. There's a compilation of them on YouTube if you search for Johnson Files Mom Watch, (laughs) and make sure you watch the music video too. Okay, so kids say, Mom, watch this all the time. For everything, even the weirdest and most random things like 
touching their tongue to their nose or like jumping on one foot, you know. Um, even my almost two-year-old, she will start patting my arm and say, mom, mom, mom. And then I'll look at her and I'll watch her to do, I'll watch her do something and say, that's so cool. And then I look away and, but she'll keep patting my arm and want me to watch it over and over. It's adorable and also a little exhausting at times, but kids just want their mom and dad to watch them do everything. So why is that? Well, I think it really comes from a place of kids seeking connection. These kids are all about connection with loved ones. So my fifth and final point is this. Children's top priorities are love and connection, and they constantly seek it. Elder James M. Paramore says in the same talk I mentioned before, Children love with an almost perfect love, and if we can capture that in our lives forever, how blessed we would be and how enriched our world would be, close quote. Children love with an almost perfect love. What our kids want more than anything is connection with us and their loved ones. I don't remember where I heard it, but years ago, I heard that misbehavior in kids is really just a sign of unmet needs. And most likely, the need they have is for more connection. Our kids need us to disconnect from our phones or anything else that's distracting us and connect with them. I still have a long way to go in disconnecting with my phone and the internet, but when I'm consciously choosing to do so and instead connect with my children, magic happens. When we as adults choose to connect with and love others, we are choosing to be like the Savior. Disconnecting from the digital world and developing in-person relationships and connections is so important. Being in families and having relationships with people is hard. There can be so much drama and conflict, but I know that Heavenly Father put us in families for a reason. He commanded us to love thy neighbor for a reason. We are meant to learn from all of the hardships that come with families and human relationships. And I think that the biggest thing we are learning within families is how to love each other and forgive each other no matter what. And kids are amazing at loving and forgiving. They know that they need connection to other human beings, that it is a necessity for each and every human to have connections with other humans. If you've ever taken a psychology course, you've most likely heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There are five needs that form a pyramid shape, and each lower need on the pyramid needs to be met in order for the ones above to be met. Hopefully that makes sense. So the bottom tier of this pyramid is physiological needs, um, like basic needs for your physical body, like food, water, sleep, etc. And the next is safety needs. And then the next above that is love and belonging. We need a sense of connection to other human beings, safe connections. And the top two needs on this pyramid are esteem and self-actualization. These are both about respecting yourself and becoming the best person you can be. And love and belonging are below it. So love and belonging are required to, in order to reach that point. Dr. Sue Johnson is a psychologist who said, Isolation is inherently traumatizing for human beings. 
We depend on our loved ones to support us emotionally and be a secure base as we venture into the world and learn and explore. The more we sense that we are effectively connected, the more autonomous and separate we can be, close quote. That seems kind of counterintuitive, right? We need each other more in order to become more independent and separate. Um, But we need each other, too, to become our best selves. And isolation is traumatizing for human beings. And I think we've all learned that with the pandemic over the past couple of years. So look to the children in your life as wonderful examples of prioritizing love and connection. If we can prioritize it the same way children do, our world will be so much better. The Savior loves children, and they can teach us so much. We are to be like little children if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mosiah 3.19 reads, For the natural man is an enemy to God, and has been from the fall of Adam, and will be forever and ever, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit, and putteth off the natural man, and becometh a saint, through the atonement of Christ the Lord, and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. Close quote. And that's from the Book of Mormon. Um, this verse lists even more childlike characteristics that we can seek to develop. In conclusion, I just want to say that children are wonderful. It is hard work to raise them, and they can be very challenging at times, but that doesn't mean they aren't wonderful. Being a parent is amazing and difficult. It's not one or the other, it's both, all at the same time, wrapped into one big giant package of growth for parents. Sister Stevens said, If we have a heart to learn and a willingness to follow the example of children, their divine attributes can hold a key to unlocking our own spiritual growth. I just love how in both of those quotes from her that I've mentioned, she says that children are a key. I love the visual of a key unlocking our own spiritual growth. We can learn so much from the children in our lives if we can see them as the Savior sees them. Jesus said to behold your little ones. Elder M. Russell Ballard commented on this, quote, Notice that he didn't say glance at them or casually observe them or occasionally take a look in their general direction. He said to behold them. To me, that means that we should embrace them with our eyes and with our hearts. We should see and appreciate them for who they really are spirit children of our Heavenly Father with divine attributes. Close quote. Look at the children in your life. Really behold them. They are not lesser than human beings. They are not second-class citizens. They deserve love and appreciation and respect, just the same as adults expect to be given. We would do well to be more like these kids, spirit children of our heavenly parents, who are loved and covered by the Savior's atonement and cherished by God. They are to be believed, loved, kept safe, and treated with dignity and respect. I know that as we try to become childlike and treat the children in our lives the way we would want to be treated, we are doing what is pleasing unto God. 
Be the kind of adult you wish you had in your life when you were a child. Try to develop these characteristics to be more childlike and that the Savior wants us to develop. And as we do so, we will become so much more like him and we will be prepared to enter the kingdom of heaven and worthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. Love those cute little humans so hard, you guys. I'm going to try and do the same. And I hope you all have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next time.